Hello, everybody. Thank you for coming and hanging out with the Pod Rats. Uh, just three Pod Rats today. I'm Brayden. We got Christian and Hunter. Uh, before we get into episode two of House of the Dragon, we'll go ahead and do some plugs. Uh, if it's your first time listening to us today, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore pod rats or on Instagram at the pod rats. Uh, we also have a link to our letterbox account where we have all the movies reviewed um, on this channel uh, with our ratings and links to those episodes if you want to listen to those. Uh, we also have links to our individual letterbox accounts if you care about that kind of thing in the description of wherever you're listening or watching this. Um, and if you're too lazy to do any of that, you can literally just uh, Google us on anything or search us on anything. We technically have don't we dominate the the pod rats name. Uh-huh. uh-huh. We we are the most active of mm-hmm. all the pod rats. Uh, yeah. yeah, you won't find anything. Well, you'll find maybe something, but we'll be the top of yeah. whatever you look for. YouTube, Google, any of those things. But um, yeah, so we'll go ahead and get into episode two of the House of the Dragon, the Rogue Prince. Okay, so this episode is directed by Greg Yatans. He's a producer for House of the Dragon. It's his first Game of Thrones uh, directing credit. He's known for, well, not known. I don't think many people know him. But uh, he's known for directing a bunch of different TV shows, uh, such as House of Bones, Grey's Anatomy, and Prison Break, those kinds of things. It's kind of not a Game of Thrones He's a TV really director. related thing. But yeah, he's directing next episode, episode three, and the finale of Game of Thrones. All right, House of the Dragon. Sorry. Same thing. Yeah, I apologize. Um, but yeah, well, let's go ahead and get into our thoughts on the episode. Uh, I'll just go ahead and get right in it. I thought this was, uh, well, set six, six months after the first episode. I thought this was quite a good second episode. Um, I know Alex isn't here today, but he did say that he enjoyed this more than the first episode. I'm not sure. I thought that first episode was pretty freaking great. I don't know. I thought it was a very good just beginner to set everything up. But I really enjoyed more of the peaks of the stuff that we got in the first episode as far as the politicking and just everyone's motives on things. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think next episode will be, we got, we saw episode three trailer after the end of the first of this episode and it looks like it'll be a lot more action packed than, mm-hmm. uh, this one was. We yep. got a little peek into the action this week. They, they kind of teased us with some action with the little bridgy standoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got some face-to-face dragon action. Kind of made you think that they were going to go out at first, go out at first seconds. But yield Ray Ray coming in to save the day. <laughs> hey, uh, before we get into Rhaenyra, you uh, who you got? You got Sirax uh, or what's the other one's name? Syraxis. Wait, no, Cyrax or Cyrax or Syraxis. Who you got in that that battle? Syraxis looks like he's bigger. I will say. I think he is he right is. now. Yeah. 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 I think so too. I feel like though with Syraxis, you could go out his like back wings. He's kind of got a little like flab back there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Kind of like a frog finger almost. Yeah. It's a little more amphibious, if you will. Maybe he's, got, he's, he's got a dragon right dewclaw. He does. He does. <laughs> dragon dewclaw. <laughs> so what'd you guys think of the opening credits? Oh, yeah. Probably should have started with that. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. There's been uh, that Twitter meme that we sent in our group DMs mm-hmm. of Ramin Jawadi just congratulating himself for the absolute certified classic of, yeah. of Game of Thrones theme. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, I can't be mad. It's Game. Of, it's the Game of Thrones theme song. Uh-huh. So, 
I know a lot of people weren't happy with it just because like they wanted something new and something to kind of separate it and differentiate itself. But I wasn't too upset about it. I mean, yeah, like I never got tired of the Game of Thrones theme ever. So I'm not mad about it. It has been my ringtone on my phone for the last four years, probably. I think I got it on my phone during season seven, actually, of Game of Thrones. And I've never taken it off. Mm -hmm. So just goes to show you that we have a completely unbiased opinion on uh, Mm -hmm. House of the Dragon. Yes, yes, completely. (laughs) I hate this show. I thought the animation was pretty sick. It's a good little CG. Yeah, the budget's continuing to show for the show. Yeah, yeah, it is. We never, we skipped over it, but when you mentioned Rhaenyra, uh, I want to talk about how she definitely is, she did in the first episode, but this episode especially, showing herself to be much more like Daenerys. Mm. Um, she even had like a similar line her Daenerys said she's going to break the break the wheel um, Rhaenyra said she's going to change the order of things basically the same thing yeah. mm. just in different words um, and how she's a little bit more assertive than her father is how they had that little scene in the council where she said we should show our, uh, show our dragons show a force to Daemon mm-hmm. or uh, and uh, the crab feeder Crabby the Batty and he didn't like that very much, but it's very much something that Daenerys would do. And so I feel like that's the direction that Rhaenyra is going, is she's going to be very, very similar. Yeah, to, uh, it also Daenerys tends is. to be, I feel like it's something that Damon would do. And I think that's kind of maybe where they're going with it, is that she's more like Damon than her own father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. Maybe so. even a mix of the two. Yeah. Or something. I think it's a so. good mixture. Yeah. Because yeah. I think King Viserys is like very, very good at heart. And I think he has like good intentions with all that he kind of does. And that in turn kind of probably makes him a bad king. But with Damon, you know, Damon is very hand of law and very hands on and, you know, very power rules all sort of. And I do think that. Ray Ray is kind of fitting right in the middle of those two, literally. And yeah, I do think that they're she's mirroring a lot of like the stuff that we saw with Danny in Game of Thrones. Um, I saw a lot of things on Twitter like comparing the outfits that she's already worn to outfits that Danny wore in Game of Thrones, like her Dragon Rider outfit and stuff. I thought, yeah, I thought that. I noticed uh-huh. that it was like the the shoulders, especially yeah. like, and it's it's literally shoulders. like the exact yeah. same outfit. It's mm-hmm. just slightly different. Yeah, and you know. All that stuff goes to just, I think that they are kind of reinforcing that she is, in fact, a Targaryen, even though we, you know, at the end of the day, even though we like her, she might not be all good. So, yeah, very few, very few characters in Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. George R. R. Martin's whole entire theme is for us to hate people. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And usually the good ones don't last very long. Uh One of those possibly being Viserys. Uh, We want to talk about him for a sec. This whole episode kind of revolved around him taking a new wife. Um, His options were, he had one, I guess, or two at the end of the episode. But his options weren't great as far as uh, from a modern perspective, from a modern lens. Yeah, they weren't the best of options. But it's it's funny, though, because he ends up taking Alicent. But if you think of it just from... It's it's really weird, but like the arguments for marrying off to a Valerion make a lot more sense than Hightower. 
you know like he he well, it feels like he he definitely just did that just because she makes him feel good oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think this is going to be his downfall yeah is mm-hmm. the decision that he made he couldn't stoop down and marry a 12 year old mm-hmm. because it was what someone else wanted he went with what more so what he wanted not necessarily that he wanted, you know, to marry a 14-year-old, but he understood he had to take a new heir. And there was only one woman, if you can call her a woman. I think in the game, in the in this universe, I guess she's probably a woman. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. there was only one woman between the time of his wife's death and now in the six-month span who ever comforted him. Yeah. And this is the only woman that he feels, I think, comfortable enough to even consider marrying Mm. yeah i think it's also it also just shows that you know he can be manipulated and granted like he's in a time of grief so it's pretty easy to manipulate him just just because she's you know giving him comfort when nobody else really is Mm -hmm. but yeah i think it also kind of does show a weakness in that he can be easily manipulated whether it just be by a woman or just by somebody that will actually talk to him yeah and so. i mean <laughs> both sides of this are manipulation because you've yep. got corliss the sea snake on one side trying to manipulate his house and then you have Otto hightower on his side who's sending in his daughter so i mean both of them are trying to snake their way into the uh, mm-hmm. royal blood yeah it's it's interesting though because do you guys think that Allison like do you think he she even remotely likes Viserys at all like in that kind of manner or do you think it's just purely her just her father what she's doing what her father wants I think that she is quite literally gay dude I think the same <laughs> no like thing. I genuinely no, think I she's too. gay I I think that they're setting it up so that she gets married off to him but then we have the Ray Ray and Allison debacle because they both like each other and they just haven't really admitted it to themselves they could just yet. Be good friends. See, I no, was... they're really stressing the like physical touch and stuff they when were. they're when every single time, just in the first two episodes that we've gotten their interactions together, they've stressed it so much. They have in the first episode we rewatched, and there's multiple scenes like the very first time you see them, they're walking through the castle holding hands, yeah, and then the next scene. Ray Ray's got her head on Allison's lap. Yeah, I think they're setting it up to have this cool little, you know, power struggle thing, this weird triangle going on where her dad is married to the girl that she likes. Yeah. So it's something we haven't seen in Game of Thrones really yet either. Is yeah. a um gay relationship. Yeah. Like an actual like prominent one with one of the main characters. Yes. Yes. I it's interesting too. I'm thinking about uh, when Rhaenyra gets back from Dragonstone and uh, gets the egg from Damon, and she sits down with Viserys, and Viserys is telling Rhaenyra that um, he has to do, like he has to do what's right for the realm, and he technically, while he does take a wife, because that's what everyone's telling him to do, that's not necessarily the wife that is most favorable for his position in the realm or for like stability. Yeah, because they warn him to marry off to a valerian because you get to keep your majority of your fleet and you'd rather have a valerian as an ally rather than an enemy and mm. if you don't uh take up corliss's proposition he'll they'll become an enemy and we see that when mm-hmm. he, corliss goes and talks to damon yeah. so while he is taking a wife it's not necessarily in the best interest of his position no especially because the valerian house is the r- richest 
house in Westeros. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, they're losing a lot of money there. But it was that or a 12-year-old. Yeah, it's yeah. tough when you put into context the age of everybody. So, and that's, it's kind of important. <laughs> it's kind of an important point in his uh, decision-making. Yeah. yeah. A little bit, I guess. But who's to say if he did marry the Valerian girl, if, I mean, it, a lot can happen in two years. And he can't have an heir with her until she's 14. Yeah, there's still that risk that he does talk about with Rhaenyra as her being his only heir, that they're very vulnerable at the moment. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, that right. may have been part of his decision to want an heir mm-hmm. more immediate than what could have happened with the Valerian. Because we didn't, ne- we never got Viserys' logic. We can mm-hmm. imply it, mm-hmm. but we never got why he chose her. Especially with his health, man, with... Uh... His rotting finger yeah. that might get cut off that's from quite cut the, by the throne. Yeah, that's quite the thing festering up there. Dude, the, there was the one on his back in the first episode, too. <laughs> like, the throne is rejecting him. Yeah, he's not in very good standing with the, the throne itself. <laughs> um, how did you feel about the yield conversation that the queen who never was had with Ray Ray? When you know, she was casting her bitterness upon yeah, her. Yeah, there's a bit of jealousy there <laughs> where, you know, it's it's not a given that Rhaenyra will be queen, but she was at least named an heir and it's something Rhaenys never was mm-hmm. given. So it's it's both, I feel like it was both kind of just jealousy, but also she's warning her of things that may come. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both too, but I did really like that scene with them. I thought that that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Seeing Ray Ray kind of hold her ground at the same time against her mm-hmm. was kind of cool. I think this slow and it's it. I say slow. I mean it's kind of moving pretty quick because we're already on the second episode. But mm-hmm. I think this like slow confidence build that Ray Ray is getting is really really cool to see. And just her very quickly because you know time is moving fast in the show, but like actually coming into her own and being confident with herself and trusting her intuition and stuff. I think that's going to be really cool to see when she showed up at Dragonstone on, on the dragon back. She, she did that out of pure instinct of knowing yeah. that Otto couldn't get the job done without yeah. pissing off Damon. And she was right. She was. Yeah. <laughs> it was about to get ugly. So it's a good thing she showed up. Yeah. Millie Alcock as Rhaenyra, she's doing really good. I I'm sad that, She's not going to be playing Rhaenyra yeah, for the no. entire season. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm honestly a bit scared. Yeah, as I'm kind of sad about it. Because um, I feel like as we go through the season, I, I believe it's the sixth episode or something. I don't know. It's halfway through um, where there is a character change of Rhaenyra. I, I really hope that we just, I hope Emma Darcy delivers. And I, I think she will. Game of Thrones usually cast pretty well. But I, I'm just afraid that we're going to have this Rhaenyra's becoming slowly like a fan favorite like she's probably my favorite character at this point mm. and she is the main character um but i just hope that that doesn't derail the season because you know we could get attached to a character and then yeah characters doesn't die but you know changes actors yeah actresses. i mean that happened in game of thrones and it pissed a lot of people off oh yeah with the <laughs> the change of was it Daria? Yeah, yeah, Daria. Daria. Yeah, I forgot about that and how abrupt it was, yeah. especially because like we weren't watching it that live at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. <laughs> just you go from one season to the next, and it's just like, oh, is that the same person? 
Yeah, they just say his name. But even then, like, while that actor played that character very different, he still was a good actor. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. Um, yeah. We grew to love him in a different way, though, if that makes right. sense. Right, yeah, yeah, it was a different... It, he had a different take on the character. Yeah. It kind of switched a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also want to talk about... Uh, how Do you guys like, so far, how fast the show is moving? Because we go from the first episode to the second episode being six months um, after that. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like that's probably how this is going to go is we're probably going to have big time jumps in between each episode. I, I am fine with that. And I think I'm fine with that on this first episode for sure, because of the amount of grief that there was in the first episode, you almost need six months to like fully recover from, you know, the mother's death and all of that. And I think it does a really good job as far as like saying it's been six months and summarizing kind of what happened in the six months, which wasn't a whole lot, but mm-hmm. we we know that the crab feeder is still doing his thing. Crab yeah. feeding. Yeah. Feeding crabs. Yeah. yeah, I guess in this episode's case, it does work because you're right. Probably within those six months, they're still just... I mean, they're still talking about in this episode how they're grieving the mom, but in that six six months, yeah, they're still doing. That. Like if we would have been like a week later, you know, there would have been a lot of grieving that would have had to happen within that, yeah, week span. You know, like it, mm-hmm. it's more realistic, I think, that it jumped six months, and I kind of liked it. Yeah, and it's an alternative to like having a season long, you know, slow yeah. burn of grief. I guess definitely. But, I know they got a lot of shit to cover. Yeah, so. and. Yeah, like where there is a place for like the slow burn stuff, like I feel like Game of Thrones was, you know, in the two episodes that we have to base it off of. But I feel like Game of Thrones, especially the first season, was like much more of a slow burn and setup process. Mm-hmm. But like this show has a lot more ground to cover. So I feel like they are going to have to move fast. And so far, I don't mind it. Now, I could see how it could like, you know, get weird. Yep. But especially with actors changes. Yeah. But. I'm kind of interested to see how they'll work it in and do it. And I, I got faith. Hopefully it'll be good. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's a lot of ground to cover, but also, and so it's moving fast, but it's also in the same locations too. Cause I, I looked up the, how close, cause even at the end of the episode where Corliss is talking to Damon, um, Dragonstone and how oh, I forget the Island of the Valerian where the Valerians live, but they're right next to each other. No, it's Driftmark. That's the island, too. Yeah. Driftmark. That's Driftmark. It. So last episode, we mentioned how we were going to probably get more of Kristen Cole in the coming episodes. And we did in this one as he was named to the Kingsguard by Ray Ray herself. Mm-hmm. The only one uh, of the nominees for the Kingsguard that actually has any combat experience, which is interesting. Yeah. They talk about that in the first episode, how most of the knights are green just a bunch of tourney knights mm-hmm. they've never seen any real combat but he has in dorn i guess yeah he's got some dornish combat it is funny though how Otto was almost like don't pick him because we need our allegiances with all these other houses and purely political yeah and ray ray was like i don't fucking care we need people who have real combat experience. actually good yeah <laughs> so that was pretty cool I didn't actually think that in the first episode, Kristen Cole was like going to be a character. <laughs> I <laughs> well, just thought he was just like a one-off guy. Yeah. And then Braden, when we did our, our podcast last week, Braden listed him in the outline. And I was like, why do I need to know this guy's name? <laughs> <laughs> My bad. 
but now I understand. So cool guy. Uh, we only got a little bit of Damon um, in this, just a small little peek at him in the Masaria. Um, but I, I think it's interesting how Damon does this big grand scheme of he says he's going to wed Masaria and that she's pregnant and then she ends up not being pregnant. And when Rhaenyra comes and to get the egg from Damon, she he just gives it to her. Um, it's feels like it's just purely just to spite Viserys. And just a she, bitter move. And I feel like when she does confront him, it's he kind of respects her a little bit more. Just because she was able to show, I think so too. come with a show of force of, hey, you yeah. need to give me that back. Yeah, I do think there's like a lot of respect there between them two. Because I think that they are really a lot alike. I think mm-hmm. they get along really well because they are a lot alike. Mm-hmm. I love hearing them have their little standoffs in High Valyrian. I think they both sound so cool <laughs> when they really speak. Cool. Yeah, Valyrian's really cool. But yeah, I think they're a lot alike. And I do think that's why Damon so easily kind of gave into her. Mm-hmm. as opposed to just Otto, because I think Otto was quite literally like the worst person to send for the job because like they, Otto they is really don't like each other towards Damon and right. Damon hates yeah. him. Right. But I love that part specifically. That was like my favorite part of the episode, mm-hmm. seeing them two interact because they are so similar and like one of them is hated and one of them is not. Right. So, and Damon, he's not purely evil. He's not a purely evil character. Yeah. Like I feel like he cares very much for his family mm-hmm. and it's interesting. I feel like, um, in these later, in these next couple episodes, we're going to find that Damon, like Viserys probably really actually needs Damon and a guy like Otto or something where he believes Otto or Otto cares for, cares for him is actually, he has his own motives and he's just trying to get into a higher place of power. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you were talking about Damon and his, like, he still loves his family. Um, it was cool at the end when he was talking to Corliss and Corliss kind of started shit talking Valera Viserys mm-hmm. and he was like, Hey, I can talk shit on my brother, but you can't. Yeah. Right. So yeah. He was sitting there mm-hmm. making fun of him and laughing about it. But the minute that he started doing it, then he goes, no, right. Not okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I do think that he still has a lot of love for his family. And at the end of the day, you know, same thing. He is a Targaryen and you know, they kind of value family above everything. Mm-hmm. So Really value family in that very much so, <laughs> in more more ways than one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Damon's gonna have a big role in next week's episode when him and Corliss go against the Crab Man or the Crab Feeder, <laughs> Crabby the Batty, Crabby the Crabby the Batty. He looks he looks a little scary, man. Yeah, he does look kind of spooky. He, he looks like uh, one of uh, Davy Jones. Like crewmates from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he kind of looks like that. Yeah, one of the undead crewmates. Yeah. I wonder how big of a, like, I wonder how formidable of a foe he actually is. I was also wondering that, like, if he'd, you know, be a one-off, one-episode man, or mm-hmm. if, like, they, he's actually, like, somewhat of a threat. I mean, how do you go toe-to-toe with a dragon? Yeah, exactly. So, I don't... Yeah, we get to see Syraxes, possibly. Yeah. In, in action. In action. Probably so. Yeah, what is a crab going to do against a dragon, dude? He's Pinch just going to make some crab legs. Pinch it. Pinch it. Dude, the, <laughs> the dragons are such a political pull. Like, it, it, they're they're comparable to nuclear weapons, man. You just can't fucking... Yeah, yeah. you have air yeah. control, man. It's really tough. Yeah. yeah. You can't do shit about it. So, I don't know. I guess the crab man is just threatening and hoping that, hoping that they won't really attack with the dragon, but... I think it might happen. 
So. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited for next week. Um, I think we're all excited for next week. Definitely. I think it was a great yeah. second episode. It, it really fed well, I think, off the first one, and it's it's going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Two for two so far. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's only two episodes, but yeah. yeah. Two no. for two. We're we two are, for two. We are loving it here at the Pod Rats HQ. So um, I think that's all we got for you, and we will be back next week. Until then, put yourself first and take care of each other, guys. See ya. <laughs>